0: You have your Bibles this morning. I'm reading from the book of Joel in the Old Testament. One of the hardest books of the Bible to find back there in the end of the Old Testament. I think it's Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Uh, just a few pages long, uh, but a great promise that uh, God gives. 830 years before the coming of Christ, in the midst of a, a, of a difficult time, God speaks through the prophet Joel. Chapter 2 and verse 28 and 29. A verse of Scripture that's often associated with end-of-time events. Could it be that in Joel's perspective, we are living in, the, in, in those last days of sorts? But a great promise for us this morning. Joel chapter 2, beginning with verse 28. And afterwards, God said, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will pour my spirit out on all people. Well, if you and I live a successful Christian life or a Christian life as God desires us to live, the Holy Spirit will have to play a prominent role in our lives. Let me say it, th- let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit will play a major role in the life of anyone who, who lives life as God desires it to be lived. God the Holy Spirit living within our hearts, directing traffic of sorts and making decisions and leading us in the right way which we should go, God the Holy Spirit is a major factor, the major factor in enabling you and I to live a Christian life as God wants us to live. The Holy Spirit is not something to be discounted. The Holy Spirit is not something to be shied away from. Uh, The Holy Spirit is not some secondary player out here that, that, that only the most religious people embrace. God the Holy Spirit living within our heart is the key and the central point and the foundation of a life lived for God. Sometimes we get confused on the Holy Spirit and sometimes we're very much unaware. Sometimes we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, I want to say again, we, we, we serve, we're part of a denomination and a theological persuasion that believes that we, have, we serve one God who has revealed Himself in three ways. The theological word is a triune God. We serve one God who reveals Himself in three ways, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I had a lady one time ask me, she had been in church many, many years, she said, just who is this Holy Spirit? I was taken back by her question and I finally just blurted out, the Holy Spirit is God. God the Holy Spirit. He is holy and He is a spirit and we we, uh, use those two words to identify Him, but the Holy Spirit is God Himself. Three evidences and three revelations of one God. We don't really have a problem understanding a concept of God the Father. We know what a father is. We have a father. We, we've seen a father in action, and to, to, to correlate an earthly father to a heavenly father is something I can grasp in my mind. We, have, we don't have much of a problem embracing and grasping God the Son. Jesus came in the form of a man. Uh, he was uh, fully man and fully God. Uh, he walked and talked as a person. As the uh, writer of a great Christmas hymn says, it's God in flesh appearing. It is God wrapped, wrapped in flesh. It is skin wrapped around God. I don't have a problem understanding the concept of Jesus because I know what a person looks like. But oh, the difficulty I have in embracing God the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit brings a little bit of a mysterious aspect to it all. Couple that with an old time language in which the Holy Spirit was called the Holy Ghost. Anybody ever heard that? I grew up hearing about the Holy Ghost. And in fact, it was said so fast that those two words almost became one word. And it was just the Holy Ghost. And who in the world would want to embrace and invite a ghost to live in us? You know, I don't know if, uh, if I'm giving too much credit. But listen, folks, if the devil can't stop us from believing certain truths about God, if he can make us afraid of it, then a major battle has been won. And we're afraid of the Holy Spirit. We're afraid of the Holy Spirit for what some denominations have made Him to be. Uh, we're afraid of the unknown and the mysterious. But we need to realize in a fresh and new way the Holy Spirit is God Himself. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He is our guide. He is our helper. And if we achieve God's goal in living a victorious life in this world, it will be because we have embraced fully God's Holy Spirit in our lives and let the Spirit have control. By the way, when a person comes to Christ and accepts Christ into their heart and life, when they become aware of their sins and their state of lostness and they, and, and they, and they feel like they must repent of their sins and invite Jesus to, to occupy in, in, in their lives and we accept Jesus, God pours into our spirit His Holy Spirit at that moment. In fact, you get when a person gets saved, they get all of the Holy Spirit they're ever going to get. God does not use His Holy Spirit out to bait us and to trick us and to tempt us. And it's not, if you do this, I'll give you a little bit more. And if you do that, I'll give you a little bit more. It doesn't work that way. When God gives the Holy Spirit, He gives all of it to a believer. When we become saved, we get all the Holy Spirit we're ever going to have. The issue is the Holy Spirit does not have all of us. And the maturing process of Christian living is that we let the Holy Spirit take more control in our lives. More of Him, less of me. More of Him, less of me. More of His direction, less of my direction. More of decisions made in His will, less in my will. And, and, and maturing and, and growing in power. And God's grace is that we let the Holy Spirit have more control of our lives. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to control our lives. He wants to control our lips and what we say. Holy Spirit wants to control our eyes and what we choose to focus on. The Holy Spirit wants to control our ears and what we choose to hear. The Holy Spirit wants to control our thoughts that we allow to take place, to, to, to set up residence in our mind. The Holy Spirit wants to control our actions and reactions. It's all about control, but not in a bad way, all in a good and godly way. The Holy Spirit is God living within our hearts. I don't have a problem understanding Jesus as a man and being with people, but the problem we sometimes have is to figure out how in the world God can be within us by the way, if we can fully explain that and we can fully understand it, He is probably not God in that respect. He is so far above us and beyond us in our comprehension that, that uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to be able to understand all of it to accept it by faith in God. God lives within your heart. In fact, Paul said two times to the church at the Corinth that, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's a powerful statement to realize. In fact, he says in chapter three, "You better be careful what you do with God's temple. If you destroy God's temple, God will have it will have a negative effect upon you." In chapter six and verse nineteen, he says again, "Do you not know your body is the temple of the living Holy Spirit?" I remember the first time I read that verse of Scripture. I remember vividly. I was in the eleventh grade, sitting in Charles Green's bedroom Sunday afternoon. Back before in the Nazarene church, back before the teen department was called the, the Nazarene Youth International, the NYI, back before then it was called the Nazarene Young People Society. NYPS, anybody ever heard that phrase? If you have, I must tell you, you're probably not young anymore. <laughs> we had an NYPS meeting every Sunday night before, one hour before our Sunday night service began. And the pastor would divvy up the, the, the Sundays and the programs, and everybody would take a chance, and it finally became Charles Green's time to, to have the program. And we were scrambling on Sunday afternoon to try to find something to help. Charles was my best friend, and, and uh, all through high school, and a very sincere man. And we, we, as we looked through the Scripture, we read that verse of Scripture, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And it gripped our hearts. Charles took that literally from that moment on, Charles would do nothing to his body that he thought was negative. If he knew that if there was a certain food or some kind of thing like that that was bad for you, he would not partake of it because I am the, I am the representative of God's Spirit, and I'm not going to do anything to damage myself. Charles would not entertain music that, did not, that, that dishonored God. Charles would not read things that dishonored God. If a song had a cuss word in it, Charles would never live it. Listen to it again. He would say often and again, this is my body. It is the God is living in myself. I am the temple of God's Holy Spirit, and I will do nothing to defile myself. He wasn't a fanatic. He wasn't a weirdo in that respect. He was fully believing Scripture and wanted to live the best life he could live. I thank God for a best friend like that. I have prayed for my children to have a best friend like that. Somebody that was so intent on honoring God. God within. The Holy Spirit is God within our hearts and life. And He is the key to us living a successful Christian life. We ought to cultivate our relationship with God the Holy Spirit. We ought to let Him have control over our lives. We ought to let Him be in charge. We ought to let the Holy Spirit Guide and direct our lives. I told you last week I tried to do that in, in a number of ways. One way, I've tried not to make a major decision for 24 hours. Think about it. Pray about it. There have been a few times that I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, don't do this, and I did it anyway. And I regretted it because of the negative effect it had somewhere down the line. There have been other times i followed the leading of God's Holy Spirit in my heart to say, don't do this, it's not right. And I have thanked the Lord a thousand times for steering me away from something that would be detrimental to me. The Holy Spirit wants to help us make decisions because He is directing us towards God. It's not fanatical. It's not weird. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide. It is something to praise God about to let the Holy Spirit have more control in our lives. And we ask the Holy Spirit every day to help us. Paul said we renew ourselves and we surrender every day to God's will. And we begin, we should begin every day with a, with a, with a testimony to God that we want God the Holy Spirit to direct our lives that day. We want the Holy Spirit to direct how we react. We want the Holy Spirit to direct how we act in the first place. It is great help and benefit to me to realize that the God, the Holy Spirit is living in my heart, in my life, in my body. I am a a representative of Him. It's caused me to not say some things I almost said because it would not do anyone good. It caused me to pause and to check and to seek God's direction. My friends, the Holy Spirit wants to guide and direct our lives. It's the way God does it through the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. Well, 830 years or so before the coming of Christ, in a very difficult time for the nation of God's people, God gives Joel this great, great, this great, great uh, uh, promise. A day is coming, God said, in which I will pour my Spirit out on all people. God doesn't say, I'm going to dribble a little bit. I'm going to give a drop here and a drop there. I'm going to let some have more than others. He uses very explicit language, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And we need to recognize that and embrace that and let God the Holy Spirit have charge of our lives. Listen, the reason some of us have such difficulty staying or living a life of victory or or resisting temptation are are keeping ourselves on on the way we ought to be living. The reason we have such trouble is that we struggle against God's Spirit to direct our lives. And I've learned a long time ago, God does a better job of directing me than I do. I should have learned it earlier. I should have let God do that many times. I would have lived a very different life, I think, in some ways. But, But we have trouble when we don't let the Spirit have control of our lives. God wants to help us where we live, and where we work, and where we go to school, and where we take recreation time. God wants to help us in the neighborhood, and God does that by living in the heart of the believer. It is God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that makes us what we can be with Christ as we give Him more control. I want to remind you this morning we can trust God to know what we need. Sometimes we act like we don't. But God knows, God the Holy Spirit knows what He's doing. And we should trust Him. And we should believe in Him. And we should not be afraid of Him. This is God's plan. Not only that Jesus would come and provide a way of salvation and pay the penalty for our sins, but God did not stop there. He sends His Holy Spirit into this world and into our lives to direct us and how we should go. In theological circles, there are some beliefs that God is a, God is a, a great uh, a clock maker. He has set time in motion, and He's disappeared. And when the clock dings the right, uh, the right hour that God returns, He comes back to see who's been able to figure it all out. I've been especially interested in a phenomenon that has swept the country in the form of a recreation called the escape room. Anybody ever been, been in an escape room? Lock you in a room. And you, ha- you can only get out if you follow the clues and if you interpret the clues and if you figure it all out. And it's a, it's a game and they won't let you stay in there too long. You have to pay to get in and so they don't want you to stay in there too long. You have a time limit. But, but, but I thought about that and about life. I'm glad God doesn't give us access to Him through the price and sacrifice of Jesus and then say, you guys, figure it out. God, the Holy Spirit, seeks to direct traffic for me. This is the way to go. This is the way you shouldn't go. This is the decision to make. This is not the decision to make. I'm being very elementary in describing this, folks, but it starts right there. And the more we grow in in God and the more we mature in His faith, it's simply that we let the Holy Spirit take more control of our lives because you can't go your own way and His way it's one or the other. In fact, we read that Christian read that this morning in our in our gospel reading, we have to trust God. He knows what he's doing. He knows the plans. He knows what we need. In fact, he said over in Jeremiah, I have plans for you to prosper you and not not to fail you. I I know the future. I know where it's going. I've got keys to the kingdom. I know what I'm doing? And would you trust me? And when it comes to the Holy Spirit taking control of our lives, that's really the central question that we must answer. Do we trust God and His plan that He has for us? How I've struggled against that at times, and how I've fought against that, and how I've fought my way, and rationalized my way, and justified my way when the great Heavenly Father is saying, this is the way you should go, would you trust the leading of my. And the Holy Spirit speaks through our conscience. You know, when it comes down to it, a, a truly seeking person who's seeking God, when it comes right down to it, we know what we really should do. Problem is, we just don't want to do it. And I have people have had people come to me over years in the ministry and say, Pastor, we're so anguished. We don't know what to do. We don't know which way to go week after week after week after week. And, and it gets to a point of where I believe that, that, they're, that they're struggling with. They know what to do. They just don't want to do it. But God speaks through our consciousness to help us find the way. And if we ask, God will answer. And if we ask God to tell us, He will speak. And if we ask God for direction, He will give us direction. He will help us every step of the way because the Holy Spirit is our friend. Jesus said, I must go away. And if I go away, I'm going to ask the Father to send you another comforter. He is going to be a a helper. He is going to be your guide. He's going to show you the truth. He's going to reveal me in the world. He's going to cause you to remember the very things I have said to you. He's going to point you towards me, Jesus said. After reminding the disciples that Jesus is the way to God the way, the truth, the life. Only one way to get to God and that's through Jesus. Thank God the Holy Spirit reminds us of that and directs us of that and keeps bringing us back to that focal point, you can trust God to know what He is doing with our lives. And how the church world and how Christianity in America today would be different if we lived like we really trust that God knows what He's doing. Not only that, the Holy Spirit has a purpose for all believers. And the purpose in part is to empower us to live with spiritual victory. Do you feel empowered in life? Do you feel empowered over the enemy of your soul? Do we feel God's power kicking in behind us and through us and all around us? It's the work of the Holy Spirit to do just that. And when we prayed correctly, and when we, we read God's Word, and when we believed, and when we trust God, God imparts a power to us that is something beyond our understanding or our control to help us overcome the wiles of the devil. The Bible said the enemy for your soul is, is going to and fro around the earth, seeking whom he may devour. I believe God would destroy every home represented in our church if he could. I believe God would ruin every marriage. I believe God would ruin the relationship between kids and parents. I believe God would destroy every church. I believe He truly is a roaring lion, not a, not a little bitty puppy, not a kitty cat. He is a roaring lion, the Bible says, seeking to destroy us. And the only way we have to, to overcome the wiles of the devil is through the blood of Christ and the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit to live in the way that leads us to great victory Sometimes we fall short, often, when we yield to temptation again and again and again and again, when we don't learn from our mistakes, when we, don't, when we don't become stronger the next time we face that situation, sometimes we fail because we don't let God's Holy Spirit empower us for service. God has a purpose. God, the Holy Spirit, has a purpose. It is to empower us and to make us be witnesses, to enable us to be witnesses. I'm amazed at the revolution of the disciples from the end of the Gospel accounts, take Matthew for, from the end of Matthew to the first chapter of Acts, second chapter of Acts. I'm amazed the disciples were ashamed of Jesus in the Gospel accounts. They didn't even want to be identified with Him. They didn't even want to be identified as coming from the same place Jesus was. They ran and hid. They couldn't wait to get out of there. They, even Peter, lied and said, Again and again, he has nothing to do with Jesus. But what a powerful change took place about 50 days later, or sometime along that line, 40 to 50 days later, when on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit came, and those chicken Christians, those chicken disciples, those spineless disciples that's my words, by the way, not the Bible's those weak disciples stepped out on the front porch and began to proclaim the powerful truth of a crucified and resurrected Lord. It wasn't anything they did. It was God's Spirit within them that empowered them to be a powerful witness for Him. Peter was ashamed to admit that he knew Jesus back there in the Gospel accounts. But by the time he gets to the second chapter of Acts, he's calling the, the perpetrators uh, to, the, to the forefront in a public setting to say, you did this, and, and he brought them to a point that was uh, so difficult the crowd roared up in a common chorus. What shall we do then? And Peter was able to say, repent and believe in him who was crucified. God has a purpose. God, the Holy Spirit, has a purpose for our lives And it is to empower us to live with victory. Oh, my friends, we need to let the Spirit have control. We need to let God have control of our lives. God, the Holy Spirit, to control more of us because it breeds us power. It doesn't ruin our life. It doesn't destroy our life. It doesn't take away our personality. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to squash who we are. The Holy Spirit wants to give us power and enable us to live as we are for God, a powerful life. And one thing that's missing in Christianity today in America is that we don't have the power because we don't let the Spirit have control of our lives. God, the Holy Spirit, has a purpose for our lives, and it is that He empowers us to live for Him. And then lastly this morning, I noticed that God, the Holy Spirit, is for all people. Joel said, I will pour, God speaking through Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The old men and young men will get involved. The servants of both men and women will get involved. Again, he says, I will pour out my spirit in those days on all people. In case you're wondering, folks, we're part of the all people. I'm glad that God is not a discriminatory God. I'm glad that God does not have divisions in, in, in which he, he, he deals with us. I'm, I'm glad that, doesn't, that God doesn't care what zip code we have or whether we have a bank account or not or what kind of car we drive or where we live. I'm glad that God has no race and no division and, and no nationalities, that God sees people in need. I'm glad we serve a God who is, who is over all and for all. In fact, I've come to appreciate in my adult years the phrase the Bible uses often, whosoever will. I'm glad to be part of the whosoever will. I live in such a a, a divided world and our society classifies people by all kinds of crazy things. But the King of kings and Lord of lords said, You are mine. Jesus died for every one of us. And God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. It doesn't matter if they're a brand new Christian or they've served God all their lives. It doesn't matter if they have a great knowledge of the Bible or little knowledge of the Bible. It doesn't matter if they're a church member or if they've never been in church before. God's spirit is for every one of us. And we ought to say hallelujah to a God like that who doesn't doesn't discriminate, who doesn't uh, separate, who doesn't divide us, who doesn't create a system that we have to achieve certain things before we get Him. He offers Himself to every person, men and women, young and old, boys and girls, servants and kings. I will pour out my Spirit on all people, Joel says. God speaking through the prophet Joel, and that is us new to every generation in fact the bible says that uh, his mercy is renewed every day uh, and, and god doesn't play favorites and god wants to do the same thing for all of us to empower us to live for him i've said it once already this morning actually i've said it the last three sundays and the holy spirit is our friend God the Holy Spirit is our guide. God the Holy Spirit is so desperately needed to in the central part of our lives. Would you let Him be more in control? Would you trust God to lead you? Would you trust that God knows more about what's, what you need tomorrow than you do? Would you trust God to, to, to have your best interest in mind and, and to, to, to do the right thing for us and to glorify Himself at the same time? Would you trust God this week? Put Him to the test. He'll not let us down. Would you believe in God's Holy Spirit to be empowered to live victorious? Would you realize that we live in a society that puts so many people down, not God. His blessing is for everyone, for all people. Come unto me, Jesus said, all who are weary and heavy laden. Whosoever will may come, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever may believe on Him shall not perish but have eternal life. I will pour out My Spirit on all people. And we ought to leave this building today saying, thank God, He cares so much about me. And I'm going to, with God's help, I'm going to give His Spirit more control over my life this week. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I'll tell you, I could spend the rest of the day talking about people that have done certain things because God told them to do it, and it was the right thing at the right moment for the right time. Would we endeavor to live this week letting God, the Holy Spirit, have control over our lives? It's the great, great blessing of God to help us every step of the way. One of the most amazing things Jesus said before he left this world, in the ascension to the right hand of God, he said to the disciples, I will be with you always. And 40 days later, he leaves. I've often wondered about that. How in the world can that be? Is God the Holy Spirit that comes and resides in our hearts. He is, not, he is not defined by space and time. He is not defined by limitations. He is everywhere, all the time, in every person, in every place. There is not a place in this world where God is not already there. And God, the Holy Spirit seeks to do the amazing, wonderful things in our life to guide us through to a victorious life. And ultimately, to take us all the way to heaven. And we ought to say amen and hallelujah for a God like that. Well, I read again this week the story of the amazing Amazon River. One of the great rivers of the world today. Do you realize the Amazon River starts high up in the Andes Mountain? I didn't realize this. Starts high in the Andes Mountain, just right at the freeze line with water, a little trickle of water oozing out of the just frozen earth high in the Andes mountains and as it comes downhill this little trickle connects with that little bit of trickle and, and, and soon that happens hundreds of times from little bitty tiny bits of water and soon a stream is formed and then it becomes a river and then it pours into a mighty, mighty river the Amazon River travels 3,600 miles as a river, far beyond after the trickles have gotten together. 3,600 miles all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. And the amazing thing to me about the power of that water. Those who study these things tell us that when the Amazon hits the fresh water of the Amazon, hits the salt water of the Atlantic Ocean, that fresh water is pushed out into the salty sea some 60 miles out because of the power of that mighty river. I'm impressed with that. I'm amazed at that. But folks, that power is nothing compared to the power of God the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Let's trust Him this week in a new way. Let's cultivate our relationship with God's Holy Spirit. Let's seek to give Him control. And let's let God lead us to greater victory over temptation, over sin, over ourselves. Because He who started a good work in us will certainly do it and see it through to its end. We ought to say amen to the Holy Spirit and thank God for His goodness to us. And everybody say amen. amen. And so let us pray this morning together. Our Father, we, we do thank You for giving us everything we need to live a life of victory. Not, not just setting us on a path of salvation, but, but giving us a, a, an interpreter and a guide along life's way. Lord, I've tried these weeks to preach about the Holy Spirit, and, and, and it's just you're, too, you're beyond a, a, a description in what you want to do for us. But may we remember the parts of this day that, in this service, that have especially spoken to us. Lord, we want you to control our lives. We need you to control our lives. We've made terrible messes of things. I'm thankful for your forgiveness. Lord, I desperately need God, the Holy Spirit to guide me this week. May that be all of our prayers. And Lord, to have the power that you want me to have to overcome sin, Satan, and self. We count on you to give us that great victory. Lord, I want to say to you publicly, I'm trusting you to know what I need. I am so want to say publicly that I'm trusting you to, to empower me with your purpose. I'm trusting you that everyone, includes me, and, Lord, we're thankful for your great, great goodness to us today. And we ask your blessing upon our church service. As we leave in just a few moments, may we not forget the parts of the service that have, which you have spoken to us. And we ask for your guidance and your help through this week. And we ask these things in your great name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.